You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 236. It's a new record. So again, this this started this started at going from two to two thirteen, and then it started going from two thirteen to two twenty, and, and we blew right past two thirty into two thirty seven. It's amazing. This is amazing. The crazy thing is, we need like thirteen minutes from Kyle. We 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 very much need our minutes with Kyle Matson to count. Uh, as we welcome in the host of Candlestick Chronicles, uh, the Prince of Niner, Niners Wire, the curator of vibes uh, over at 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. The Brock Purdy era uh, has begun. Uh, our, our mutual friend Tracy uh, Sandler described the atmosphere at, at, at practice as, as calm and confident. Uh, how are you feeling about the beginning of the, the Brock Purdy era this Sunday? I think the Niners will probably win, but I'm not feeling great about Brock Purdy, to be honest with you. Mm. There's all this, like, Bill, Bill Cowher put out a video today on the 33rd team that had, like, this weird music, and he had this weird narrator voice. Like, you're, you, dude, you're Bill Cowher. You're supposed to growl, right? <laughs> and he was like, Brock Purdy going up against Tom Brady. They had similar beginnings. Yeah, not like saying Brock either. will beat Tom, but why not? dream or whatever he said. I don't know. It was weird. It's just, it was, he played, he played three quarters and like he played, he played better than I was expecting for sure. But the bar is third string quarterback. The bar is not Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady or whatever. The Bucks have had a week to game plan because you saw the Dolphins, like the Dolphins on the fly aren't just going to be like, Hey, here's how we're going to disguise our coverages. Like that's stuff you do during the week. Mm-hmm. You don't make that up on iPads or Microsoft Surface tablets on the sideline. So I think with Todd Bowles, who's a very good defensive coach, and he calls our defensive plays, he's going to mess with Brock Purdy in ways that the Dolphins on the fly just couldn't. Like you saw him throwing zero blitzes and just bringing a bunch of guys and being basically like, hey, if you can make the throws, fine. And he did make the throws when he needed to, and they, and they won. That's great. But Todd Bowles is going to get a little more creative. And the picture he sees before the snap is going to be different than what he sees after the snap. Hmm. So I think we're going to see more rookie mistakes. He had he had a few of them in that in that game against Miami, and I think we're going to see more. And it wouldn't surprise me if it turns into a turnover to where, like I'm with you, Casey. I think they win, but I think it's going to be a lot more because Tampa Bay has trouble scoring on the mm-hmm. 49ers than mm-hmm. it is like, oh, Brock Purdy's awesome. Yeah. No, that's that's really where the confidence for me comes from because um, that 49ers defense obviously is elite, and that Bucks offense for the yep. most part this year has just looked anemic. Even with the comeback on Monday night, I mean they had three points with three minutes to go. So, um, yeah, man, Brock was better than than I thought he would be. I'm kind of with you, where as I, I got a you know I got a optimistic outlook for what he could be. I've mm-hmm. heard a little too much all week about. Like people, people have been national and local have been a little too um, complimentary of Brock Purdy for my liking. Like I still can't get over the fact that he was the last pick in the draft. Mm. You know, he was that for a reason. 
Now, we see right. all the time where undrafted guys or, you know, late, late, late pick guys, you know, are better than people give them credit for. First guy that came to my mind was Jake DeLome, right? Like, I don't know what he was mm-hmm. drafted, but he kind of came out of nowhere. So it happens, but that's usually the exception and not the rule. And I don't want to treat Brock Purdy like the rule. Like, oh, like, the rule is, he, you know, he's got Kyle Shanahan and weapons, so he's going to be just fine. Like, sure. I, I got to see some more. I got to see some more. Jake DeLome is an undrafted free agent, by the way. Just gotcha. look it up. But the thing, the thing is, is like, I don't want. You're right. The discourse has gotten out of control. It's like, is Brock Purdy the starter next year? Like, <laughs> oh my god, can he be the starter on Sunday first? So, the the thing is, and and you bring up a good point of like guys coming out of nowhere. Tom Brady came out of nowhere, like after he'd had a year, mm-hmm. and Jake DeLome came out of nowhere, like a little later. This is Brock Purdy's first start. He's 22. He has no pelts on the wall in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He made, I know he threw, had 1,600 passes or whatever it was at Iowa State, and he played a bunch of Big 12 games, and he started for four years, and he was, you know, I, I, I understand all that. I understand the background. So, so the, the base that he has is solid, but if Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl, like, let's just, let's just say, hey, guaranteed Brock Purdy is going to win a Super Bowl at some point in his career. We're just saying that hypothetical. I don't think he will, but let's just say it. It's not going to be in 2022, his rookie year. Mm. A rookie's never started the Super Bowl, much less won one, much less Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> doing yeah. it. And prior to this, a Mr. Irrelevant had never thrown a pass in the NFL, mm. and now one's starting a game. So it would have to be a the last pick in the draft, starting a Super Bowl in his rookie year. Like Those are three massive mountains to climb. And if any team was going to do it, like, this is probably the one with just their offensive playmakers and their defense and stuff. But I think the idea that like, Oh yeah, Hey, it's going to be fine. Like he can just do what Jimmy does. Like I'm not ready to say that. Like that's, that's just, that's a lot. And then the playoffs are a different animal. So, and we'll see, it's going to be a week to week thing. I think there's going to be ups and downs, but um, I, I do think that it's gotten a little bit crazy. Yeah. Hey, uh, Kyle. Yeah. You can hang out like 12 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I was asking if you guys were going to break, because if you were, then well, I was just going to. I think this is the out. absolute latest we can break. So <laughs> we'll break now. We'll come back. We'll talk a couple more minutes uh, with Kyle Matson about 49ers football this weekend uh, and James Ham at the top of the hour. Uh, injury report still has uh, Donovan Mitchell. Terrence Davis and De'Aaron Fox all listed as questionable. I think those are real-life uh, game-time decisions, so we'll keep you guys updated as we continue here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Kyle Matson, kind enough to uh, hang out with us a, a, a bit longer here uh, talking 49ers football as the 49ers uh, gear up for uh, the – the next start of their season. They've had a couple. Started the season <laughs> like everybody else did with Trey Lance, and then that went awry, and it's like, all right, hit the reset button, start over with Jimmy Garoppolo. Things are going pretty well, and then let's do it one more time uh, with Brock Purdy. Perhaps a bigger – Say his name right. Brock, Brock <laughs> Purdy. Um. An equally big story is uh, that's a reference that Kyle doesn't get, which is my favorite part. Is that a Brock Lesnar thing? There you, see, there look, you at you. Come on. look at you. Look at you. legend. Look at you. Um, Nick Bosa, did he practice at all? No. No practice all week. He's questionable. I think, so, one, 
I think the Niners think that they can stop Tampa Bay without Nick Bosa. Hmm. That's one thing. Okay. Two, they play Seattle on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And that Seattle game is massive. Because if the 49ers win this week and Seattle wins this week, which I think they will, they're hosting Carolina. I got them losing. So <laughs> I'm telling so you, if, got Carolina beating them, I'm telling you. So, okay. But let's say they both win. Let's just go to that hypothetical. And the Niners win next week. They'll have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division with three games left. Like, that's massive. They need Seattle to lose one, or they need to win one, and it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Uh, they can win the division if they win and Seattle loses. They can win the division on Thursday night. Wow. Wow. I need so, that. I need that. I think, if my math is right, I think my math's right. Though. Sounds about right. After after Seattle, there's three games left, right? So Yeah, yeah. the Niners would be 10-4. and four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they beat Seattle, they'd be 10-4, and four, and Seattle would have – yeah, okay. So if they beat Seattle, they would uh, – so that game's huge. And then if they lose and Seattle wins um, – It's for first place. They, it's, it's tied and it's for first place. Yeah. So that's a huge game. And so I think they're looking at Bosa's injury and going, hey, maybe he can play this week, but then we put him in jeopardy for Thursday. Mm-hmm. So unless he's 100% and they're like, oh, he has no – but I can't imagine that's going to be the case. So – I think he doesn't play. They're listing him as questionable, but they're going to need him for that Seattle game because no matter which way you slice it, that is a huge game for them. Uh, I got it. I actually have another philosophical question for Kyle, but that brought up a good point, what he just talked about. So now I got another philosophical question. If if Nick Bosa was 90%, they didn't want him you know, maybe to get hurt or didn't want to wear him out for the game on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Why why wouldn't they kind of have a snap count for him on Sunday? So like your snap count is 20. And maybe you won't play the first half. And if we need you, we're going to bring you in in the second half. Like that not just the Niners, but like everybody. Nobody really does that, right? Like if you if they say you can play, then you're playing all the snaps yeah. it feels like. Like why why yeah, would because, they do that? because if he's only 90%, that means there's some risk of re-injury, right? Mm-hmm. So whether he plays one snap or 20, like he could re-injure himself. And then you're also, you're keeping a guy active and in uniform who's not going to be able to contribute fully instead of having somebody who's healthy and can contribute in some way um, suited up. So I, I, if, if it was for, if this weekend, if it was the same thing where, he didn't practice and he was questionable and this was week seven or 18 and they had to win to go to the playoffs that probably lean toward him playing. Mm-hmm. But because that game against Seattle is going to matter win, lose or draw this weekend. I, I think they're kind of eyeing that game. No point. No point for sure. You want to ask your other philosophical question? Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so, so Niners versus Dolphins last week. Right, it was mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily one versus one offense versus defense or whatever, but Tampa it's pretty uh, damn Mi- close. Yeah, Miami was up there, and I know I mentioned it to Damian, and just the way that I typically look at these matchups and thinking back um, off the top of my head, usually when the top defense takes on the top offense, the top defense may not win the game but they're in control of the game, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not it's never like, 
oh, top offense versus top defense, and the offense went for 45. Like, that's usually not how it works. Why is that, in your opinion? Like, why is it the defense always, more times than not, getting the best of the offense? Well, the Chiefs put up 44 in week seven. True. So <laughs> that's why I said um, most of the time. <laughs> um, man, I, I don't Or do you do you even agree with that though? Do you even agree that most of the time it's the defense the the I, best I defense it, having having um their way with the top offense? Man, um I I don't know, I've never really thought about like why that is. I think it's just because Typically, a top offense is like Miami. Miami is so good on fourth, uh, on on first down, like they get into second and short a lot, mm. and from there it's super easy to cook a defense, right? So, if a really good defense is able to, like a really good example was that remember the play fourth quarter, first and ten, they throw it to Tyreek in the flat, like he came on that um, drag route. And they got him isolated on Dre Greenlaw mm-hmm. in the flat. Mm-hmm. And Greenlaw got there and just rode him out of bounds for a game of like three. Mm-hmm. That's a great defense making a great play and putting the Dolphins in second and seven on a play where the Dolphins are expecting to get a first down. Mm-hmm. Like that's a play they go to because Tyreek is outrunning nine out of ten linebackers in the NFL. And they get a first down or they get a lot of yards and they're in a second and short. But the Niners put them in a second and seven and puts them in an uncomfortable position. That's not where Tua wants to be. And I think when you go to Sunday specifically, I think Tua was just uncomfortable all game. That's why he was uncharacteristically missing throws. Mm. Like, the plays were there. He just missed them. And I think you can credit the 49ers defense a little bit for getting him off his spot and for making him go to other reads that he's not used to going to and having to throw over linebackers he's not used to having to throw over. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, he just flat out missed some throws. So, um. I think it's I think it's a little bit because defenses do a little better job or can do a better job of dictating the offense and putting them in uncomfortable spots versus the other way around. I think, but a, it's kind of matchup based too. I think I'm gonna paraphrase something Kenny said or earlier in the week. It feels like this game it's kind of setting the tone moving forward. Like there are going to be a lot of overreactions on Sunday night or Monday afternoon, one mm-hmm. way or the other. Because if yeah. things can kind of hold steady with Brock Purdy, oh, this is a this is a Super Bowl team. This is all about the right. defense. This is going to be one of the greatest defenses we ever saw. But if it doesn't, especially against a Bucks team who struggled to score a couple of nights ago, needed some Brady magic to get the job done, it's going to be, oh, man, it's too bad about the 49ers. Their whole season got washed away when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Yeah, that's a, like that's exactly how it's going to go. And then they'll line up next week, and if they beat Seattle, it's like, oh, they're back. Right. Like, that's how it's gone all <laughs> right. year. But that's, that's right. I mean, that's how it's that's how it's gone all year. Yeah. I just I so to, to to go back to what what Casey said because I brought up the Chiefs. I don't think the Niners' defense is like if they face the Chiefs again. I don't think the Chiefs are hanging forty four on them. Mm. Um, but if they face the Dolphins again, conversely, I don't think the Dolphins are being held to seventeen. Mm. Uh, like, I think quick, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Quick update. I'm sorry, as we're wrapping up with 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 Kyle yep. here, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Terrence Davis both out tonight. Mm. That's that's okay. just from the Kings. I do not have anything from Cleveland yet, but De'Aaron Fox and Terrence Davis both out tonight. Keon Ellis uh, is with the team, and he will be active. Okay. We'll talk more about this. James Ham's getting ready to join us. Kyle, thank you so much, man. We appreciate yeah, man. you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, as this is my always. favorite thing to do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.